my father used was made of thin muslin, and I could see through the fabric if I kept my eyes wide. There before me were the many treasures my father had collected over the years. The hand with eight fingers, the human skull with horns, the preserved remains of a scarlet-colored, long-legged bird called a spoonbill, rocks veined with luminous markings that glowed yellow in the dark as if stars themselves had been trapped inside stone. I was fascinated by all that was strange. The jaw of an ancient elephant called a mastodon, and the shoes of a giant found in the mountains of Switzerland. Though these exhibits made my skin prickle with fear, I felt at home among such things. Yet, I knew that a life spent inside a museum is not a life like any other. Sometimes I had dreams in which the jars broke, and the floor was awash with a murky green mixture of water and salt and formaldehyde. When I woke from such nightmares, the hem of my nightgown would be soaking wet. It made me wonder how far the waking world was from the world of dreams. My mother died of influenza when I was only an infant, and although I never knew her, Whenever I dreamed of terrible, monstrous creatures and awoke shivering and crying in my bed, I wished I had a mother who loved me. I always hoped my father would sing me to sleep and treat me as if I were a treasure, as valued as the museum exhibits he often paid huge sums to buy. But he was too busy and preoccupied, and I understood his life's work was what mattered most. I was a dutiful daughter, at least until I reached a certain age. I was not allowed to play with other children who would not have understood where I lived or how I'd been raised. Nor could I go upon the streets of Brooklyn on my own, where there were men who were waiting to molest innocent girls like me. Long ago, what the Indians called Nariok was a deserted land, used in winter for grazing cattle and horses and oxen. The Dutch referred to it as Konain Island, Rabbit Island and had little interest in its sandy shores. Now there were those who said Coney Island had become a vile place, much like Sodom, where people thought only of pleasure. Some communities like Brighton Beach and Manhattan Beach, where the millionaires built their estates, had their own trains with paid conductors to keep out the riffraff. Trains for the masses left from the Brooklyn Bridge Terminal and took little more than half an hour to reach the beachfront communities. The subway was being built to begin running beneath the East River in 1908, so that more and more throngs would be able to leave the brutal heat of Manhattan in the summertime. The island was a place of contradiction, stretching from the wicked areas where men were alternately entertained and cheated in houses of ill repute and saloons, to the iron pavilions and piers, where the great John Philip Sousa had brought his orchestra to play beneath the stars in the year I was born. Coney Island was, above all else, a place of dreams, with amusements like no others, rides that defied the rules of gravity, concerts and games of chance, ballrooms with so many electric lights they glowed as if on fire. It was here that there had once been a hotel in the shape of an elephant which proudly stood 162 feet high until it burned to the ground. Here the world's first roller coaster, the Switchback Railway, gave birth to more and more elaborate and wilder rides. The great parks were the Steeplechase and Luna Park, whose star attraction, the famous Horse King, dove from a high platform into a pool of water, 
On Surf Avenue was the aptly named Dreamland, which was being built and would soon rise across the street so that we could see its towers from our garden path. There were hundreds of other attractions along Surf Avenue up to Ocean Parkway, so many entertainments I didn't know how people chose. For me, the most beautiful constructions were the carousels with their magical bejeweled carved animals, many created by Jewish craftsmen from the Ukraine. The El Dorado, which was being installed at the foot of Dreamland Park, was a true amazement, three-tiered and teeming with animals of every sort. My favorites were the tigers, so fierce their green eyes sparked with an inner light, and, of course, the horses with their manes flying out behind them. So real, I imagined that if I were ever allowed onto one, I might ride away and never return. Electricity was everywhere, snaking...